Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, people, football season's starting up. And uh, I'm excited to be an Eagles fan. But I always tell people they, they, that Eagles fans were so used to disappointment. And let me explain to you what it is like being an Eagles fan. Because as you know, we've never won a Super Bowl. Think back. I don't know if you're younger, you might not get this reference. But think back when you were in high school. And you wanted to go to a party. And you wanted to get beer. And you wanted to bring beer to the party. Because then you would be like the star of that party. And let's say your older brother, like my older brother, had gone away to college. And a cool neighbor had left. So you had to sit outside a liquor store. And you sit outside the liquor store. And you have to look at people who you're going to sit there and ask to get beer. And you can't get like the the college kid who looks like he's a total loser. Because he'll want to tag along with you. And you can't sit there and like you have to watch out for your friend's parents. And you finally find that one person who's going to get you beer. So you give them your money, and you know you're, you're going to drink crappy beer because you know you're in high school and you're not you're working a minimum wage job. And he sits there and he gets the beer, and you're waiting. And you can see it's like a movie. People are sitting there. You know, you walk in with a a case of beer, and everyone's like Cooper, Cooper, and it's great, and you're all excited. Then he brings the beer out, and you open the bag, and he has Zima. Okay, that's what it's like being an Eagles fan. It's disappointment. You're excited, you're excited, and every year it's the same damn thing. So hopefully this year it'll be better, and I will watch, and I'm a diehard fan, but hopefully we'll start. So football starts soon, but uh, yeah, so enough about football. We're actually my guest, it's uh, LaMonica Garrett. Hey, hey, how you doing? Are, are, you, are you a big football fan? Football guy, yeah, 49ers. Okay, so now that's funny. The not, okay, you, we'll answer this before we start talking about your career. Yeah. Okay, give me an insight. You're a Niner fan. Okay, right. my fantasy football. Got you. I do an auto draft. I'm in a fun league. I do an auto draft. Right. My quarterbacks this week, I have the choice. I have Matthew Stafford uh-huh. playing against the Giants. Right, right. Or I have Kaepernick playing against the Cowboys, whose defense sucks. Who do you start? <sighs> That's tough, man. I, I would go Stafford just because of the, the, the type of off, offense he's in. Niners are a run-first team. So it's going to be past second. And I had Kaepernick last year on my fantasy team. And he's a winner, but he doesn't put up those monster right. numbers. And it's like he's reluctant to run because he wants to prove everyone that he's a, you know, he's a pocket passer. But take off and run, Cap. Those are points. You know? Doesn't that suck? It's so funny. Like Fantasy football has changed how you watch the game so yeah. much. Like when I was younger, it's like, I mean, Cunningham would have been like the perfect fantasy football player because oh he ran and the Steve yardage Young. but you sit there and the thing is it changes how you watch the game which is lame it's like you sit there and like i'll go to this one when the eagles aren't on regular tv but they're yeah. gonna be a lot this year me and my girlfriend she's a big fan we go to black angus and burbank right and we go there because there's no one ever in there and they have all the games on and we get the last tv and they put the eagles on with the sound nice and before when you just watch a game, it's one thing. But now, and I, I don't I don't play in a money league. I play in a fun league, but yeah. I still want to win. But you sit there with your tablet or your cell phone, always checking, and you sit there and you get irritated. It's like you're watching a game and the you know you're playing a team and the Eagles are already winning. Yeah. And Shady McCoy scores and you're pissed because the other guy has him and yeah. you're like, wait a second, they scored. It, it's just taking over the thing. It's the evil. It makes you root against your own yeah. team sometimes. Like if I'm going against Cap, I want them to win firsthand. I'm a diehard Niner fan, but all right, you don't have to get three touchdowns. Like let Gore run in a couple. You don't have to you don't have to do it all yourself. But yeah, it, it I'd probably go Stafford against okay. the uh against the Giants. I have Stafford too in okay. one of my Well now, as a Niner fan, I mean are you worried about the defense? Because uh, okay, this I guess this who's the guy who got yeah, a bust? McDonald. McDonald. I mean, he'll probably be suspended. He's going to get six and, games. And he's he's a big part of your defense. He's and Alden huge. Smith's a big part. I mean, as a, as, does, does that piss you off as a fan, or do you sit there and you go, "You guys are stupid," or does you sit there and go, "I mean, it must." If you're a fan, it must irritate. You. It bothers me. It bothers me. It. I think the commissioner came down a little hard on Alden Smith. I know he had. You know, he keeps messing up. He's he did five games last season. So if you look at it, it's really a 14-game suspension. That's that's a long time. And then you got a guy like Ray Rice. He only gets two games for what he did. Yeah, but that's 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 why Aldous Smith was made an example. And McDonald. Yeah, everything after Ray Rice, it's an example now. McDonald's going to get more than six because the girl was pregnant. I guarantee. Ooh, yeah, I, I yeah, probably yeah. Goodell is going to sit there and say, you know what? I'm giving you nine because Goodell. I don't like Goodell. I think Goodell's a wuss. I don't yeah, like any I'm of these commissions. I think Silver's a wuss in the NBA. I yeah. think. I mean, everyone knew Sterling was a racist. Everyone yeah. knew it. But I think the reason he's thrown him out was to make so he has street cred. Right. Because everyone's like, you he look. can do no wrong yeah. now after he came exactly. in and did what he did to Sterling. Yeah, yeah. So you grew up, so you're a Niners fan because you grew up in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you play sports in high school? I played football. I played, I went all the way through college. I had some workouts with some NFL teams and it, you know, didn't take. But Now, where did you go to college at? Central State in Ohio. Okay, and so what position were you? I was a linebacker. Okay, so now you. And it's uh Hugh Douglas came out of our school the year before 
I came out. Okay. So after he came out, he was drafted like 13th overall, r- defensive rookie of the year. Every scout you could imagine was at our campus, you know, for our pro day the next year. So we had a handful of guys get looks, but it just didn't, you know, didn't happen. But now you, you went, and I'm sure you probably went on a scholarship. Yeah. But now you went into the entertainment field. Now, when you were younger, you were, I mean, you had to be a good athlete if you played college football. Did yeah. you want to act when you were younger too? Or how did that whole, that, how, how this whole thing happen? I wanted to act and I wanted to play football. I, want, I played all sports and I was in the drama club. I was like that weird, had that weird dynamic going. And it came, push came to shove, you have to do one or the other. And I chose football, figuring later on I can get back into acting. You know, I did plays when I was younger. And, uh, yeah, I, I was hoping my football career would go longer, and I'd jump into it. But it didn't, so moved, you know, to L.A. and, and got going and got a job at FedEx. This used to be my route when okay. I first got here. And I was on the, uh, the Warner Brothers lot, delivering to, like, Clint Eastwood and, you know, like, uh, who else? Um... Joel Schumacher, like all these people. I'm like, I got to figure out a way to crack this and to get in here somehow. And slowly, I just, you know, I got into class and just trying to, you know, figured it out. What made you love acting? I mean, when you were a kid, what made you love acting? Because, I mean, sports, and I think it's, sports takes up a lot of time. Because I said, but... Did you watch TV and love it, or was did anyone in your family act, or what? what how just, did this come apart? <clears throat> I love television. I'm like a big television head, big movie buff. Like, what shows were you watching when you were a kid that you loved? Ah, uh, was I was watching all? Was it like Small Wonder? I was watching okay. like Blossom. You were, you know, different strokes, good times. You just, you know, Cheers. Growing up, Seinfeld as a big Seinfeld fan. Eight is enough. You know, all kind of stuff. I just See, watched everything across the board and movies. I used to watch films. Like, I remember my first film going to see that just blew my mind. It was on my own. Like, you know, your parents take you, but when you get old enough, you can go with your buddies. Right. Return of the Jedi was the first one. It was at Tanferan Theater and uh, in Oyster, Oyster Point. And that was just the best thing I had ever seen in my life. And I was like, I want to be on that screen. I want to do that. Yeah. It was just movies and te- television. So when you were in college, did you get involved in the theater at all? Or what was your major? I was majoring in communications. Okay. So I was still, I was around just, you know, the, the you know, speech and the, that whole thing. But there wasn't really a drama department. You know, there wasn't really a theater department at my school. So when I left college, I came back here and it was really starting at the bottom. And it's a trip because there's a lot of athletes that, it's funny, athletes want to be actors. And you talk to different actors, they're like, oh, I wish I, you know, I could have did this. I would have played football or baseball or whatever. Well, it's funny because there's an ex-Niner who's out here yeah. who uh, is from the town next to me, uh, Dwight Hicks. Do I not remember Dwight Hicks? He was a cornerback. He's tra- getting into the acting thing. A lot of people, he man. Was, he was, and he's, he's, I'm 50. He's 52. So he's, you know, he was on the Super Bowl team. Yeah. But I think, it's, I, think, I, think, well, I think what happens is when you're an athlete and you, know, you play college ball and, and even more except when you're a pro athlete, you're in front of being people and you get that adoration. And yeah. I think like anything, when you leave, you sit there and you go, okay, well, what can I do to also get that adoration? Yeah. And it's acting. Because I mean, you know, you can, you can go become a lawyer and that's fine, but you're not going to get people going to go, hey, all yeah. right, yeah, LaMonica the lawyer. They're not right, going to say right. that. Right, right. So now I want to, it's funny because you, you're friends with Patrick. How do you know Patrick O'Sullivan? Patrick, we have, uh, he's from the Bay Area too. Right. I didn't know that. We met when we were down here, but we have a common friend, Dante Bosco. Okay, Dante's which been on is the show. Osco, which he's also from the Bay Area. So it's funny, like, a lot of my buddies down here just happen to be from the Bay Area, and you just kind of gravitate towards them. Like, hey, where are you from? Oh, Santa Cruz. Bay Area. Okay. You know, like, it's just one of those things. Patrick's a nut. Yeah, that dude's so funny. And he told me to ask you, uh, uh, you love singing karaoke to uh, Morning After? No, uh, Duran Duran? Uh, yeah, yeah. That now, was. Uh, are you a good singer? Not really. Okay. I think that's what makes it fun in karaoke. When you're too good, it's like, all right, get over yourself. You know, but that's a hard song to sing in the morning. That's a really hard. I mean, I, I'm not a singer. I would. I mean, I would. I try like Lou Reed stuff where you can talk to it. Save a prayer for the morning after. That's a hard ass song to sing. There's a lot of alcohol involved. Okay, a lot of alcohol. We were at Sundance when we, you know, we were in big cabin and yeah, coming back from a night of partying and what are you gonna do? Well, now, so when you got down here, you were you were working for Federal Express and you're taking classes now. Were you enjoying the acting classes? Did you start with like a, a big teacher, or how did you how did you pick your acting teacher? How did how did that whole transition start? Because you knew what you were coming down here for. Yeah. But how did you transition? I had buddies that were acting already, and kind of word of mouth, like who was your coach? Who got you started? 
you know, pointing you in the right direction. This is where you should go. And you just kind of, you go there, you figure it out a little bit. And then once you start getting a lot from this certain teacher, then I would go to another coach and I would go to other coaches to get different, you know, perspectives to meld it all together and see what works best for me. You know what I mean? So it's like, I've been maybe a dozen classes. I'm still studying. I don't think you can ever learn, you know, too much, but, um, yeah, word of mouth, my buddies pointed me in the right direction. And they've been doing pretty, you know, pretty well. They're successful. So, trust them. Now, the slam ball. Yeah. Now, when, when did slam ball start? Because I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I never really heard of it. Yeah. Like Patrick, because I was talking to Patrick always helps me find guests because he always knows cool guys. Yeah. And he mentioned you, and then you were busy. You were shooting a bunch of stuff. But then he said he's a, he's a you know, slam ball. And I wasn't sure, and I looked up. But very interesting. But how, now, how did that come about? And how did you get involved in that? And were you down here when it happened? It was happened? here. It was actually, we... They were having tryouts. It was the first, you know, first big tryout they were having. It just now, created. Did you know sport. anything about it? I didn't know any. I thought it was an audition for a TV show. Okay. So my buddy's like, "Yeah, we're going to these slam ball, you know, auditions. Slam ball is a new TV show. It's down it's like at this big, um, it's like near the convention center downtown. And we get over there, and I'm like, I don't know if this is an audition. It was a big auditorium with like 300 guys in it. And um, who was it? What's the former owner for the um, 76ers? Croce. Croce, yeah. Yeah, Pat. He was up there with Mason Gordon, and they had a couple other people. And they, um, they were explaining what slam ball was. And I'm like, I don't, you know, it sounds interesting, but it's not an audition. This is like, this is a sport. You've got to try out and do all that stuff. And I was like, reluctant. I wanted to, you know, really pursue my acting. But I'm like, this seems so fun. And I still had that competitive bug from football and, you know, that aggression. And I'm, you know. Let's do it. Let's try it. So they had tryouts. It started out with like 150 guys, and they kept narrowing it down to like their final 80 guys or something. And I kept making the cut, kept making the cut, kept making the cut. And I made the team, and we traveled. We had seasons. We were on CBS. We were on TNT. We were on Spike. It's, it's st- they're still playing. You know, they're overseas right now. They're in China. We went to Italy. Well, explain, was, explain the game to my listeners. It's four-on-four contact basketball. It's encased in like a hockey, you know, kind of, there's glass around. There's four trampolines. There's pretty big-sized trampolines. There's one underneath the, uh, the, the, the basket. There's two on each side, and there's another one up top, like where the top of the three-point line would be in, you know, an NBA game. And it's full court. And it's a soft kind of wood, you know, it's kind of, it gives a little bit. There's springs underneath. So you attack, you know, you attack the rim, and there's, a, there's, two, there's three positions. There's a gunner, which is a point guard. There's a, there's a stopper, which is the center. No, the handler is the point guard. The two gunners on each side are the, are the gunners and the, uh, the stopper. So the gunners attack the rim. The stoppers try to stop you, and the stoppers are like big guys. These guys are like 6'9", 260, you know, huge guys. And you're pretty much 15, 20 feet in the air trying to get around them, and it's contact basketball. So when you're dribbling, you can get lit up. Like guys can come and wipe you out, so you have to be aware of that. You gotta, you gotta have a couple screws loose to play it, really, if you think about it. But it's fun. Now, when you, as you were playing that, you put the acting on the sideburn, right? I did. So now, and how, how long did you play it for? I played that for five years, five six years. And now the traveling, I mean, now you would. How long was the season? Season. The good thing about it, it was out here, okay. and the seasons would be maybe two and a half months. We would go to Bradenton to train at the IMG Academy, so we would go down there for about a month to train so that took me out of it but when we played our season it was only like maybe three weeks to a month now were you still taking acting classes during that time i was but focus was it was hard and at some point i had to make a decision slam ball or acting like the guys are still playing and i me being you know the competitor athlete you know i still think i could play one more season but that hasn't come around they've been traveling like you know bringing the sport to other countries and doing that and i haven't been a part of that but if they had one more season here, I would want to play one more. My my girl might have a problem with that, but yeah. What was it like traveling? Because I mean, it's got to be it's got to be different because you know you sit there and all of a sudden you know you, you played football, so you know to travel. But now yeah. you're traveling in an international level. I mean, it must be pretty intense. And now, and how did how did other countries take to the sport? Were they fanatical about it? Because it seems like something that other countries would think big American dudes. Playing, mixing basketball and football, nothing that we see all the time. Yeah. We got to watch this. I and mean, was it fanatic? Did you play in a bunch of big crowds? They and loved stuff? it. They, it was, it was. What would happen was they would when we played here. There was stands. It was like you know seats, and you could only get so close. 
when we played overseas, they were on the glass and they were just fanatical about it. Like they gravitated towards it. Well, it's like, why doesn't, you know, in this country, there's so many things that draw your attention elsewhere. It's hard to stick. Right. But you go other places like they love it. They, you know, they're feeding off of it. And it's huge now everywhere but here. So did you retire? Is that what you just? I haven't retired. I'm still, you know, I'm just floating around. But I want to play one more season. But acting is what I came out here to do. So I had to prioritize and be like, look, you know. So you get done that, and then you decide to act again. <clears throat> now, that's got to be a weird transition because you're, you're used to, you know, these live big crowds traveling. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, so now you're, now you're back to acting. Are you, did you feel like you were starting over because you had lost that few years? A little bit, but I think what a lot of athletes come to acting and they, they realize, like the discipline, dancers too, the discipline that it takes to be an actor, we have that from football. You know, there's no one really saying you have to study at this time or you have to, you know, get in the weight room. You, you know, no one's really looking after you. If you don't do it yourself, you're not going to do it. You're your own CEO. And the discipline I took from sports, I brought that over to acting, and I think that's what's giving me my edge. And, you know. So when you, st- when you started acting, when, you, when you, you come back and start acting, you're taking classes. Yeah. Now, did you get an agent right away? or? You know what? I, um, I was in class when my agent found me, Tom. He, um... I was doing a scene with one of his clients, and she was on um, Young and the Restless at the time or something. So he's coming in, check on her, see how she was doing. And he was like, who, you know, he's like my acting coach, JR, who was that guy? It's like, oh, LaMonica, you know, he's really good, he's young, he's, you know, he's up and coming. It's like, yeah, let me, um, you know, set up a meeting. So we set up a meeting with Tom. He was like, we'll send you out to see what kind of feedback we get, like developmental kind of thing. And I got some good feedback, you know, and it's like, well, that's been my guy ever since. And I was in class maybe a year and a half before he found me. And I've been with him, you know, and I'm still with him. So that's how I got my agent. I know it's hard getting agents out here. And people are like, how do you get agents? There's like, you can go to different workshops where agents are and you could try to go that route. I don't call the way I got mine was lucky. I think everything happens for a reason. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know, God will make things happen. The universe will make it work for you. And I was in class where I should be. And that's where I... You know, I was discovered by my manager. So you get with him, and now, now, when do you start auditioning? Does he sit there and say right away he wants you to get an audition? Uh, he or? threw me to the wolves, yeah. So now, what, what, what were you doing for commercials, TVs, movies? TV. You, you, weren't, you weren't sad yet? Mm, you know what I was doing? I did commercials while I was playing Slam Ball. Okay. So that's how I got my SAG card. I was doing, like, Coke commercials and Pepsi and IBM and stuff like that. Like, really sports commercials, Nike you know, because I was a physical guy. Were you, were you playing a, a physical type guy, or what were you playing in these commercials? It was, you know the football commercials when you see, like, uh, Patrick Willis? Like, Patrick Willis has one now where he's going against Russell Wilson. It's a Nike commercial. Yeah. And all, like, I was one of those football guys. So you, you never saw your face, but you got sagged through yeah, that. Yeah, you got sagged through that. And it was, there's a whole other culture of, like, these ex-football players that do these commercials every summer. And every summer, we would, we, you know, there's a football coordinator, this guy named Mike Fisher. He does a lot of sports movies. He does, you know, anything coordinating TV shows with sports in it. And, um, and a lot of commercials. So we would do commercials every summer. You wouldn't see our face, but we got our, you know, SAG card. We got residuals. You know, we, it, was a, it was a great gig. And that kept me from having to bartend and having to, you know, do other jobs to try to, you know, maintain myself out here. So as you're doing them, I'm sure you still you want to you want to break, but even though it's 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 like a, it's a double edged double edged yeah, sword. Is, it is where you know you got that cash coming, and that's good. So you don't have to bartend. But in the same vein, I know you're you're because you you want to act. Yeah, you got to say, well, this is a commercial, but I don't want to. I want to be the guy speaking in the commercial. Yeah. or and so it's a it's a hard role. But did you did you start turning them down, or did you just keep taking? Dude, you it? have to turn them down at some point. Like you just have to prioritize. You have to you get complacent with that money coming in like oh you're making cash right now you're only working a few days here and there you got freedom like you you know you're able to go do things you're able to have fun you got money coming in but that's not why you're out here right so at some point you have to put that aside and i've turned down some really good commercials in the past few years because i was working on stuff that were you know i might not have been paid as much as the commercials but the bigger picture you have to build your resume you have to you know you have to meet the right people you have to you just got to work you got to work. So I, it, was, it was hard to put that away and just focus on this. But things happen the way they're supposed to happen. So you're doing these commercials and you're going out and auditioning. Yeah. Now, when do you start booking work? Was it football-wise? Was that your, well, you played a football player. That's what I it was says a, here. That was like the first television. It was, to me, it was, I was really a glorified extra. 
I think. But you know, I'm glad you say that because you know a lot of times I, I was. I mean, I know I go on auditions occasionally. I was yeah. in the Calvin Harris video that's coming out, yeah. and I'm in the background. I play a creepy old guy dancing or whatever. <laughs> but you don't really see me. But it was it was an audition process. But someone's like, "Oh, that's cool. You booked the video." I said, "Yeah, I'm same thing." I'm like, "I was a glorified extra." Yeah. So many people won't admit that. They're like, they have to say I was in this. But I'm like, well, I looked for you. Well, if you see someone walking, then you're an extra. Yeah, it they is. Don't what admit it is. that. Like it's it it got me. On a, on a television set. So you got to feel that. I got to see what okay. was needed from actors. I got to see the energy, the vibe, the, you know, what goes into it, how people study. You know, I just got to be on set and just see it firsthand. But I was really a glorified extra. And I was like, you know, all right, that's what it was. Back to the training board. You know, I'm studying, I'm studying. And slowly I started getting co-stars here and there. Well, that's like lines here. You, you know. were in One Tree Hill. Was yeah, that? One Tree Hill, was a, that, that came because of Slam Ball, actually. How'd that happen? It was, there was... There was an arc on One Tree Hill about slam ball. Like the character, um, Nate, he, his basketball career was, was messing up. So slam ball, you heard about slam ball. So there was this whole arc where he tried out for a slam ball team and he made it. And he was going against my team and we were like arch nemesis. The storyline where, you know, we played ball back together. You know, he would always get the best of me. So they wrote this into Tree Hill. They wrote this into One Tree Hill. It was like, it was like a four or five episode arc, like back in 2008. And that was my first time really having like a, a good chunk of dialogue and a good, you know, a good two episode arc. And you got to do the slam ball. Scenes. And I got to do slam ball. So it's like it was gradually bringing me in. It was like, you know, I was familiar with this. So it wasn't like shell shock. All this on your plate at once. But that was a great feeling, too. And, you know, I worked with Joe, uh, Joe Mango, Joe Manganiello. Uh, uh, and I was like, man, you know, I was picking his brain. He's been acting for a while like i gotta get into it so that really when i got back in town we were shooting in north carolina when i got back to la i was like i'm done with everything i just need to focus on class and maybe a year or seven months after that is when i found my manager when he found me and that's when stuff started taking off well when you did when you did the uh the one tree hill yeah it's weird to ask you if you were nervous because you've been in front of large crowds playing stuff like that, but it's, and it's a different atmosphere, but were you a little bit nervous going in and actually doing a scene where you're not playing slam ball and you're actually, you're getting to speak, you're not playing a football player. What was it? I mean, cause you, you've been in front of crowds. It's not that, that then that's, you're not nervous yeah. about that. It's a different yeah. trailer. Were you a little intimidated or were you, what, what was going through your mind? You remember? I think the fact that because we were playing slam ball, it kind of, ease the nerves a little bit and even when we're doing scenes where we weren't playing just the fact that we were there for slam ball it kind of i don't know and plus when you're working you really don't think about it like the nerves might have came beforehand like before we were shooting but once i'm prepared and once i got my stuff down then it's just listening and reacting and i wasn't i wasn't as nervous as i, I thought i might have been you know when you're working, you're working, and right. you know it, you don't think about it. It's like the game; like you get nervous before a football game. You got those nerves. Once you get that first hit, then it's game on. Like the butterflies are gone. All right, we're doing this. Let's go. So now you sit there. You get down. You get the one tree hill. You get your manager. Yeah. So now he starts sending you out in different auditions. Or what? What is? What is he? In, how does he enhance your career where your agent didn't? What? What does he do for you that helps you develop as an actor? If he sees a job that it might be a good job, you know, money wise but not where your career wants to go, don't do it. You know, I think agents, <clears throat> a lot of agents might just, they want you to do everything. You know, just let's work, let's do right. it. And your manager might, you know, it's, it's more of a, like a fine tooth, like let's go down this road. This is how we want to brand you. This is how we want people to perceive you. These are the jobs we need to take. You know, it's like it's real specific with, with your career. You might turn down some money, but it's, you know, it's not a good job. Or you might take a job that's not paying anything really, but it's with a great director and you're making relationships and that's all this town is, is relationships. Right. So if you're not making money, it's an indie project, but it's great producers behind it. There's great actors. You're going to get some great footage from it. Do that instead of this big paying one. You know, longevity is for the long run. That's, that's better. So, so you sit there and you're, you have this manager. So what's he, what's, what's the first part you get? Is it, is it, is it the dark blue was the good first roles you got with him or what was he? The first one I think was Eastwick. Okay. It was a show on ABC, and I was like playing like a fireman at like three or four lines, but it was to, that was like that was game changing for me. I, it was like wow, you know, you show up to set, your trailer's here, your name's on it. Like wow, this is all right. I'm doing it, you know. Even though it was a few lines, I'm doing it. And it was an ABC show, and then I got uh, Parenthood, I think it was, or or Dark Blue. That was like the first, you know, 
I think I had a couple of episodes of Dark Blue, and it was a good arc. I was a boyfriend. And just things started opening up a little bit. You know, I started seeing what was needed and working with good actors. And, yeah. So what would you do? You would, you would sit there when you said you open up a little bit and you started noticing. You would sit there and you would work with an actor and you would say, you know, I have to concentrate on this in my, in my acting. Or how would, how would they sit there and influence you? You know, I would. It's like I relate everything to sports, like, you know, football. Like Aaron Rodgers has Brett Favre to study under. You get to see how he's, you know, he is in the, uh, how he prepares with tapes, like watching film, what he looks at. You know what I mean? Like he, how does he stretch? How does he prepare to throw the ball? How does he just prepare to work? And when you're with other, act, like really good actors, you look to see how they prepare, like how they, you know, their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Discipline? Yeah, they, they have the discipline, but how, how they approach it, how they approach scenes, how they, and everyone has a different technique. You know, you got to get what works for you but it's 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 fun to see how different guys approach the business and when you're working on like sons of anarchy is another one this cast is huge and we'll, we'll get there yeah because that's amazing oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's like i mean that we'll, we'll talk a yeah, while yeah. on that because that's just i can imagine but okay so so you're doing that so you're, you're up in your game you're yeah. up in your game and then you're on ncis yeah that was my first like big guest star and now that was a two-parter yeah so did that come from, did you have to audition a few times? Because before that, you know, you, it's, it's so funny because I always read IMDb. Here you're Marine Captain, you know, part one and two. And another thing, it's like you're security guard. Yeah. You know I mean, so, but for there, were you, did they know of you? Or how did that audition come about? Or how long did it take you to get that role? Did you have to audition a few times? I auditioned for that office maybe six times. And really, you go in there, you do a good job, but they're not familiar with you. They don't know you. So that might be a fluke. Before they put you in front of their producers, you know, their necks are on the line. You, they want to see some consistency. So you go, I auditioned for him once, twice, three times, like, okay, this guy's good. You know, they brought the producers in, like, for the third or fourth time. And I didn't, you know, they want to see if you got the deer in the headlights thing. Sometimes when all the pressure's on, you might tense up. Some people do that. And I didn't. And it was like, okay, this guy's good. You know, I got pinned a couple times for episodes, and I didn't get them for whatever reason. And they were like, but they liked me. So it's like pretty much when they keep calling you back in, they, they try to find a place for you to, like, a good fit for you. And I did found one. It was a two-episode arc, and it was a really good two-episode arc. And it was like, you know why you didn't get the last ones now, because if I didn't get this one, I'd really be mad. This was, it was a great two-episode. Now, was it cool playing in Marine? Did you have to wear the it Marine outfit? I mean, Marine outfit. We, it was a lot, you know, we had guns. It was like we were in Afghanistan. It was artillery. It was bombs going off. It was, you know. So how does that work on the set? Like, do, I mean, do they, is there actually stuff going off or is it all green it, screen? No, it's going off. Like, so it's, it's, what happens if you screw up a scene? Do they have to redo it? Yeah, redo everything. Don't be the one to mess it up. Is it the, the, <laughs> I bet they get pissed. Don't yeah, they? don't be the one to mess it up. But it, it was, um, yeah, there's explosions. It's, it's real. It's, you know, it's fast moving. It's, you got you to know your stuff. And that's why they, they want to hire professionals. So, you, you know, you do what you're supposed to do. Was it weird? Did, was the gun? I mean, you got to handle a gun. Did you get to shoot anybody? I didn't. I got shot. You got shot. I got shot. I took one in the neck, and I had one of those scenes where you, you know, when you're little and you're seeing the the person dying in someone's arms, and it's like, tell my mom, you know, I tried. One of those kind of. It's like that was the scene, you know, at the end of the episode, and my, you know, funny about that, my mom was watching it. I was like, mom, it's my first, you know, big guest star in CIS. You got to check it out. It's two episodes. She was watching it. And when I died at the end of the you know, second episode, she called me furious. Don't ever tell me to watch that. You know, when, I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I was dying on the, you know, on the show, I was like, tell my mom and dad, you know, I loved them and this and that. My mom's just bawling. Don't you ever. Like, so I know when I get those, you know, the dramatic, those, those gritty. Can't tell my mom about it. My dad's like, oh, that was awesome. But at like, least it says yeah. you're a good actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my mom was furious. So I know now, like. You can't watch certain things. But. Now, did, did they uh, did they squib your neck or anything, or did, did they squib they you? They did. It was like a uh, explosion that went off here in my neck on the on the right side, and yeah, blood coming out and one of those kind of things. Does that hurt? Is it doesn't uh, hurt? Is it is it wired? It's like a pop. Okay, it's like a quick pop, but yeah, it was it was fun, man. And, you know, like when you're little, you're playing cops and robbers, and that's that's how you got to look at it. It's, yeah. So you do that. And yeah, and you get so now you, people are probably starting to know you. Yeah, and a now, bit. And casting now, offices and producers. Yeah. So they sit there, and now does it make the audition process easier for you? A lot easier because people go, okay, he's had this, and it was a big arc, and NCIS is the number one show in the country. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's when you're a working actor, you get more work. Work begets work. Like if you're not working, I don't know if it's something mentally or just something with the energy. But when you're working, other people see you working, and it just makes life easier. Like when you go inside a room. 
right when NCIS just aired, and the producers, are, you know, you're reading for another show, they're like, oh, you were great last week on NCIS. That just... It's, right. It just, it, it's easier. Now, you did Suits. Yeah. Now, was that a big role? That was, uh, it was a, I worked on it two days. It was a good guest star. Now, it's, is that in New York or that's Shoot Here? That's in Toronto. Oh, so, so, so now you, so you you shot NCIS Shoot Here, yeah, right? Yeah, that was here. So then you booked, there you go. Now, you, was that exciting? Because you're like, I'm That was going. my first time really traveling somewhere. So how did that feel? It must have made you feel great. That was great, too. It's like each job, a little bit more, you get a little bit more, and you, you know, it, things are opening up for you. So going to Toronto was great, never been there, and the producers were awesome. That casting office, I tested for uh, Graceland, the show that's on TV now. That was my first time meeting them. They cast a lot of USA shows. So they love me, and you know, the more they, these casting houses love you, they like you, they bring you in, the more opportunities you're gonna get. So you might go audition for a role that you're not right for, but you're in front of these casting people, and they're like, oh, he was great, let's try him in this. Oh, let's try him in that, he was great, let's try him over here, and that's how Suits was. I tested for him with other shows and other auditions, and they just called me up, it's like, hey, Suits is available. You wanna go to Toronto? I do. Did you get to wear a suit? I didn't. I played a, uh, funny, I played a, a baseball player, a Dominican baseball player that was accused of steroids. Now, now, how, did you have to do the Dominican accent? Or? No, no. Okay, no, so no. you just talked yeah, normal. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was normal, but, yeah. So you, you're doing these, you're doing these shows, and then, then I know you ended up on Mike and Molly. Yeah. Now, now had you had a background in comedy? Because it seems like everything you've been doing pretty much was drama. Yeah. So did you, were you versed in comedy, or did you just... I mean, what was your comedy experience and how did that come up, that role come about? Because it's sort of a very different from being an NCIS dying yeah. to being on Mike and Molly. You know what? When, when I do comedy shows, when I do sitcoms, I'm kind of the straight guy. Like, I just play it straight and the funny is everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I was that funny guy. Like, I've done Arrested Development. I've done, you know, and Mike and Molly is a couple episodes. I played Holly Robinson Pete's ex-husband. So I was just a street. I was a lawyer. But I, I, I watched the show, yeah, I remember, because you, you walked in and because yeah. she was dating the other cop. And so, then, like, I didn't have the funny. The funny's going on around me. It's like, you're, you know, pipelines. Like, you're there to, you know, move the story along and set up other jokes. So Now, what was it like working with Holly Robinson Pete? Because she's been around forever. And plus, her, her husband was a pro football player. Yeah, that's all we talked about. Was she's a big sports fan. I've heard. She, she calls into Jim Rome a lot. She, yeah. I, I've heard her call into Rome. And she, she knows stops, her stuff, yeah, man. She, like, she grew up, I mean, her husband, yeah. you know, Rodney Pete. After football, he became a commentator yeah. and stuff like that. So, and he was, you know, I remember I saw the honestly. If you're a football fan, you'll crack this up. Years ago, me and my ex-wife, we lived in San Diego, and we went to see a game because the Eagles were in town. Right. And the two quarterbacks, it was Rodney Pete against Ryan Leaf, and it was probably the worst football game. It was like seven to six. It was wow. so awful. That's brutal. Ryan Leaf, huh? So what was it? It was like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so what was it like when you got cast on Michael Molly? Were you excited to do comedy? That's when I was a little nervous. Okay. Just, the, you know, it's a live audience, so it's different. I've done theater before, but it's just, uh, I didn't know, it's a different, they, they shoot it different. There's four cameras, live audience, and you feel that energy there, so it's just a different structure for me. But once, like you said, you prepare, you, you know, you do all your stuff, you get your homework done, you go in there, and you do it, and just listen and react. And um, that was the most, like, most fun I've had with that live audience. Like, it was nervous at first, you know, before I got there, but you rehearse all week in sitcoms. So you get to know the cast, you know, you mesh with everybody, you know, you have fun, you're playing around, and then it's showtime at the end of the week. So that, I think it's a, it's a great setup, the way they have that. You know, oh, yeah, sometimes but, you're doing dramas where you've got this big dramatic scene, and you don't know, you, you haven't met any of the, you know, other actors. And you show up, and the first time you're meeting him is when you're about to work with him. And, you know, sometimes the chemistry might not be there right away. You know, you do it a few times and you guys get the scene out, you know, jam it out. But I think it's easier when you have a week to just hang out with people and then it's showtime at the end of the week. And that's the sitcom format. So, you know, it, it was great. Now, did you get to meet Melissa McCarthy? I did. She was awesome. I can imagine. She just, I, she's one of those people, like when you watch her, and I don't like Saturday Night Live anymore. But when yeah. she's on, I watch it because whenever she's on, you know if she's in that scene, you're just going to laugh. She's, she's awesome. It's, I don't know what she does, and a lot of times it's sort of the same character, yeah. but it's just so damn funny. I mean, was she was she a crack-up on set, or was she more mellow? Because she is the, the, the head there, and Billy Gardelli, her, is a great guy. That, yeah, that, that whole was, cast. I mean, you must have been, and Rena Wilson, and all you guys must yeah. have, uh, you must have just been, were they cracking you up? You could tell when a show's successful and you, you get behind the scenes with it, everyone genuinely likes each other. Like, it's a good, good energy in that in that building. And then, you know, it resonates into the work. 
but everyone genuinely likes each, you know likes each other and melissa she's just she's funny without even trying to be funny so it's not like she comes in and she has jokes and you know she's doing she's just funny and you know she's the whole cast like reno's a, he's a funny guy billy's a funny guy they're not even trying to be funny we talk football a lot that whole set we were just talking sports you know billy's a big uh pittsburgh steelers guy and uh and reno's a big jets guy so, you know, the day before we would have our show, everyone would wear their football jersey, okay. like football jersey Thursday. So, you know, we're all talking sports and, you know, Holly was talking about the Eagles and yeah, it's just, it was a good, good vibe on that set. See, that must be cool. And it's a con. I think it's just different also because I think it's more loose because it is a comedy. Much lighter. You know, because a drama, you have to be intense. Yeah. Comedy, you have to be, you know, fooling around. It's and much lighter. You said you did Arrested Development. Yeah. Now that, I mean, that was a great show. Yeah. And now that was that fun for you? That was fun. And that was another one where I auditioned for the casting director a few times and, you know, didn't get them, but that role came around. They offered it to me. So it's like, hey, you know, you want this role. It's only shooting one day. I'm like, yeah, I love the show, Rest of Development. I'd love to work with those actors. It was fun. It was, it was a good time. So you're sitting there and you're going for the drama and you're getting that taste of comedy. Yeah. And the taste of comedy is, you know, I mean, as an actor, it's, you're probably, it's more intense doing the dramatic scenes, but the rest of the scene, like, you know, when you're hanging out, it's probably a lot more fun. Yeah. So, but you're sitting there, are, are you sitting there going, okay, I'd rather, are you sitting in your mind going, I'd rather audition for dramas or comedies? I mean, what was your mind frame? I mean, work is work, I understand. Yeah. But we get to a point where it's like, God, I really hope I get a lot more comedy auditions or I hope I get more drama auditions. I think I'm more suited for drama. Okay. But I had so much fun on, on comedy. And as, there's not a lot of actors that go, you know, you can go this way and you can go that way and do both. A lot of people, like, I've known some guys that turned down comedies at first because they're dramatic actors and I don't do comedy. And they never went down that road. And later on in their career, they wish they would have done comedy. Like, why not do both if you can? For one, it's more work. And for two, it's, it's fun. It's a good time. But I think dramas where eventually I'm going to land my... Uh, my big gig, so to say. So you're doing these, you know, the Mike and Molly and stuff like that. Then the game comes up. Yeah. Now, then the game is on BET. Yeah. And now, what is the game about? The game, it's, uh, what was the game? It's about athletes? It's, yeah, it's been around. It's, about, uh, it's based on a football team in San Diego. And the drama that happens, like, you don't really see so much of the football game. But the lives of these football players, you know, and the, uh, and the wives and the just situations they're in. Like, the... That the personal lives of these ball players, and you know it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good you know it's like a dramedy, you know. Now, when you auditioned, did, did did they like the fact that you had played football? Did they know of your football background? <clears throat> did they know any of that? Or no, actually, my character I was an actor on the show. Okay, so I was an actor playing an actor. So I was uh, Lauren London was my love interest. Her boyfriend on the show, or ex boyfriend on the show, was the star of the football team. It was like this new you know superstar athlete that just got drafted so the dynamic was like you know me and her character on the show she was an actress so she was trying to get back into acting and me and her were doing a movie together so we were just friends and then the you know one of the leads of the show he was getting jealous of our relationship and eventually we started dating so it was just a weird triangle going on but it was i had fun It it shoots out in atlanta that was another time i got to travel and go you know be away for a little while couple months. Where did you shoot? Because I know my the guest before he was in Atlanta during the summer, he said it's so damn hot. It's, yeah, it was, it was February. Like January, February, and we were in Buckhead. So it wasn't, you know, it, it, was, it was weird, that weather out there. Like, you know, you're, I walked to LA Fitness to go work out. Clear skies. I'm, you know, I'm done working out. I'm about to, you know, walk back to the room. And it was just huge, like, monsoon tornadoes, rain. I'm like, wow. We had to wait in the gym for like an hour and a half for it to pass. That was, that was random. Yeah, it's crazy. So I was, going, I was bi-coastal for a year and a half before my girlfriend moved out here. And on Fridays, she would get home from work and we'd go to the gym. Yeah. And in New Jersey, that certain summer, every Friday at like 5 o'clock, it would start pouring. And then it would only last for an hour. Yeah. You go, what the hell? And it would just, you'd be sitting there going, man, this is why I live in California. Right, right, right. So you're doing this acting, and then Sons of Anarchy comes along. Now, now, what you got on in, uh, what, the third season? Fourth season. Okay. So were you a fan of the show? I mean, did you watch it, or you were, did you know about it? Because sometimes people get auditions for shows, and they've heard of it, they know about it, or they're, they're not fans about it. Were you a fan of it? I was a fan. Yeah, I watched the first season. I kind of got away from it the second season. Just my mind, you know, you, you can only do so much. And I watched it again, you know, in the third season. And when I got the audition for it, I was familiar with everything that was going on because I loved the show. And it was supposed to be like, you know, it was supposed to be a couple episodes. 
and it was right around my birthday. We were going to Vegas, and I got the audition. I was like, all right, you know, that's the thing about being an actor. As soon as you plan something, that's when everything happens. Right. Got the audition. We're, we're going to Vegas. It's like, all right, hold up. I got to go do this audition real quick. Then we could get on the road. Did the audition. It went well. I was with the producers and everyone. And, you know, I forgot about it. I get home. I get to uh, Vegas, and I'm on the blackjack table. My manager calls. He was like, hey, you got to come back. You start work on Monday. I'm like, work for what? what you, you got Sons of Anarchy. I was like, what? You know, I was excited. I was in there. People thought I won like a million dollars. Right. <laughs> <coughs> I was like, no, no. It was my birthday weekend, too. And it was like late May. So I got right back in the car. We drove back. And yeah, it was supposed to be like a couple of episodes. And it turned into like a, you know, four season arc, which was fantastic. So you play a deputy sheriff. Yeah. Okay. And now are you, are you friends of the biker or are you a don't like the bikers we're it's a weird dynamic on that show like the uh the bikers can do no wrong on sons of anarchy no matter what they do the fans like that's their show you know it's what people watch and it's funny i'll be places and people be like leave you know leave juice alone you know like they're attacking the cops like we're the ones trying to bring law and order we're the bad guys on the show you know it was it was a we were me and rockman we had a um it was a, a stern office you know, it wasn't so friendly with the sons. We were, you know, we were adversarial, kind of. So when you get the part, and you said it was only, you knew, I mean, it expanded into a bigger part. But when you get the part, did you know, did you, do you know it was for like a few episodes, but you didn't think it would be a lot of episodes? I was just rolling with the punches. Okay, so they sit there and so they bring you on, and you go, and now where does that shoot? That shoots here. That okay. shoots uh, like North Hollywood area. Okay, so you go and you, you're doing the scene. Now, did you like wearing a uniform? Because you played a Marine before, but now you're playing a sheriff. Did yeah. you? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun, well, it's still fun. I'm still, you know, it's a fun environment. It was great. And, you know, the gun, you know, I've teased the producers like, I want to pull my gun a couple times. I'm like, well, when you pull your gun, something might happen back to you. Like, no, no, I want to keep my gun holster. I don't want to get shot. I don't want, you know. But, uh, yeah, the uniforms, it was it was it was it's fun now as you go as you start being on the show more and more do you start you know the the relationship with the uh the rest of the cast must change because so many times you know if you're if you're doing certain shows you're one and done yeah, and, you know, yeah. but as you sit in there do you notice a different vibe with the different rest of the cast do you guys sit there you start and hanging you start- out with these guys yeah like even when we're not shooting we go watch football games or something or just you know and i don't ride bikes those guys are all like bikers so they get oh, to- so they all in real life yeah they-, they all get together like on sundays or you know not even when you know during the season just year round those guys will call each other up like yeah we're doing a ride in malibu and they'll go ride and you know they bond that's an, another case of all these actors on this show they get along they're great friends they they ride together they they do stuff you know year round together and you could see that relationship it carries on to the screen with them so yeah yeah the, you know they opened up you know after a couple of episodes this guy might be around for a while and it, it was a good environment now what is it like though when you sit there and you now looking back on it you know as you would get another episode it must be great you're like all right cool man this is cool i'm working i'm getting paid but what's it like when you sit there in that very beginning when you didn't know if you're gonna get called back did you sit there and go man i really wish they'd write this part more or i mean you must be a little weird because you still got to go on audition and stuff yeah but then you're sitting there and you're going you know god i want them to write more so when what was it how long till it started kicking in that you you were that, that you knew you would be coming back a few times i really i never really you know you might between season four going into season five they said my role was going to be a little bit bigger Four, no five going into six they said my role was going to be a little bigger so that's the only time i knew but before that i was just you know you just roll with the punches i found when i grip the handlebars too tight just worrying what would happen it doesn't work out for me so i just put my energy in other places i'm auditioning for other shows that's like that you know ncis suits all that stuff i was uh, political animals was another one like i was focusing on other stuff and right when i would focus on other stuff i would get the call from sons like hey i'm back when I sit there and just wait for it, it, to me, it would never happen. Now, political albums, was that, was that Mr. Sigourney Weaver? Yeah. Okay, now, and you played an agent. Yeah, I was her uh, diplomatic, I was her security, her right hand. Now, what's it like working with her? Because, you know, she's a legend. I mean, I'm sorry. And, you know, she was just, I mean, when she popped up in Aliens, everyone's like, who, you know, I mean, she's a 
class actress, she, and she doesn't work as much anymore, which is sad because she's so talented. But what, what was that like? Because you're sitting there working with someone who's just, and she's tall. I mean, yeah. you're tall. You're, how tall are great. you? I'm six two. And she's she's like six foot, I bet. Yeah, and I lose a lot of jobs because the cast, you know, they have to. You can't have the six two guy, and the cast is like five seven. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta have the cast look looking like they'd be together. And Sigourney's tall, so you know it was it was, it was great. But she is the nicest woman, the nicest person. She was the first person when I was on set. I didn't know anyone. I'm, you know, it, shot, it shoots in Philadelphia. So I get to Philly. I get on set. Don't know anyone. Sigourney came over, introduced herself, and she walked me around to everyone. It was like, this is LaMonica, yada, yada, yada. I was like, this is awesome. First scene was me driving in a car with her, like, down the road. And it's funny. The producer comes up to me, like, you know, we're in the car. The cameras are set up, strapped in. Sigourney gets in. We're talking. And this, you know, producer comes up. You have a license, right? Well, it's a little late now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little late now. That yeah, I'm good, man. We're good. You want to drive? Like yeah, I'm I'm good to go. I'm good. No, Where'd you stay in Philly? Uh, we were at, at the. Um, it was downtown, Ben Franklin. Okay. Ben we was at the Ben Franklin. Now, did you get to enjoy the Philadelphia nightlife at a little bit? Yeah, I we were out there for once, like a whole summer. Like, okay. Yeah, we were out there for like two months, two and a half months. Gets hot. It gets real hot, but I, I, I loved it. I grew up ten minutes from there, so it's a great walking city. Like where we were, you could walk around everywhere, and you know you don't need a car, you don't need a taxi. We walked everywhere. See, that's cool. Yeah. See, so, so you did that. So, so now with Back to Sons of Anarchy, as you said, now do, at what point do people start recognizing you? I mean, you know, I'm sure you know people who watch NCIS may see you out and go, "Oh, that guy was an episode." Yeah. But now with Sons of Anarchy, because that's one of the, Sons of Anarchy is also one of these shows, sort of like the Star Trek, where the fans are just insane. Like they, they and they seem like maybe because it's like some people say Sons of Anarchy is like a male hard male soap opera. Yeah, and, but and I mean and and the, the the characters are so extreme and it's just something that you know it's like when you like Walter White on Breaking Bad. Yeah, you, you really should have liked these guys. Yeah, yeah, but you do. And the funny thing is, you said earlier you are the good guy, but people get pissed at you right now had you been recognized before you started doing sons of anarchy i mean had, had anyone recognize you or sit there and go oh we know you from something or sons was pretty much the like my welcoming party like hey that's the guy from sons of anarchy now like, what's before that like? that it's like you do one episode here you do an episode there like hey you look familiar you know i don't know yeah i've seen you before i just don't know where you get that but sons was the first one like hey that's the sheriff sons of anarchy now what's that like? i mean do people come up to you a lot Sometimes, like we were at a wedding last weekend, and there was, um, you know, it was a table. I didn't know anyone. It was my girlfriend's, you know, friend didn't know a soul there, and you know, we're we're getting drinks, we're sitting down. This table kept staring at me, so you know, I'm like, I don't. I walk, you know, I walk by and go to the bathroom. Excuse me, I, I sons of anarchy, right? I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I knew it, and they were all like, oh, they all got up, took pictures, like, so you know, what's gonna happen? What's the season? And I was like, I can't tell you guys, but yeah, that's that was sons of anarchy is the thing that has me recognizable for something specific, not just, yeah, you look familiar. Now, as an actor, it must, you must be a little bummed that now it's going off the air because you sat there and you got on, like, you're probably thinking, why couldn't I get on the second season? But yeah. again, did they, when you, when, when you got called for this season, I, you guys knew it was going to be last season, yeah. right? Now, why, why, do you know why it's going off the air? Is it just because the writer doesn't, I think is it Kurt the, Sutter? The, you know, they're telling the story. I think the story is just coming to an end. I think they, you know, Seven Seasons is a, it's a great, you know, a lot of shows don't go that long. A lot of shows don't go that long. And I think they just, it's, the stories come to an end. Every story has an end. You know, you got to seal it up. Like Breaking Bad, like great show. It's got to come to an end at some point. And, and plus, you, you want to go out on top. You don't right. want to just let things linger on. It's, oh, I used to be good, but, you know, kind of lost it after. It's on top right now. Like, it's huge. It's FX. It's, you know, it's the biggest show in the network's history. So you go out on your own terms, like Barry Sanders, and people talk about it. Yeah, I I think it's good. Now, do you, did you, did you get to go to like the premiere parties? You get premieres stuff? on Saturday. It's uh, coming up. So is, there, is it a big party? Yeah, big party. Um, last year, where we we saw it at the Kodak Theater. The premiere with everybody. On now, the, is it the just the whole? Is it just the whole crew, or do they invite like? No, lucky? it's everybody. Okay, it's it's the, it's the cast, it's the crew, it's guests of the like the network. Okay, the, you know the everybody it's a big thing and then the after party like usually is, is nearby and we just walk across the street or something 
but it's fun. Now, are, are the guys mellow? Like the guys are like they're chill, man. Because like, I, I could, I'm guessing they probably are. And it's funny because and they really have to like the guy uh, Boone. I mean, he has to grow that big ass beard, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it must be weird. Like you know, if you, if you don't like a, if you, let's say you don't like beards, but of course someone says you got to grow a beard, you're gonna of course you're gonna grow it. Yeah. But it must be sort of crazy because like the bikers on that show, they're more apt to get noticed than anybody yeah. because it's like oh wait a second that guy looks familiar he's got a huge beard he has to be on the sounds of Anarchy. and i think these guys like especially boone i think year round i don't see him really you know we're not filming but i think he that's a year that's a year-round look for him you know like i don't think they cut it and then oh you know we're about to start shooting and grow it back because right. this is huge right so that's just, to me it's like a lifestyle like this is who you are right now and it's been like that for years for these guys and they're all real mellow they're real cool they're chill like there's like I didn't know Charlie was British before meeting him. Isn't that weird? I because I, I was. Did you watch Murder in the First at all? No. It was with uh, Tay Diggs, um, uh, the young blonde-haired kid who's in all the Harry Potter movies. Okay. It was a great show. Yeah. But I didn't know this kid. Like this kid just plays this this Billy San Francisco you know computer software billionaire, and. I didn't know his background. I'm like, I'm wondering because I always IMDb, and it turns yeah. out the guy was in like all the Harry Potter movies. Right. And then you sit there and you hear him talk, and it's like it's just amazing that it doesn't usually go the other way. Like the Americans usually can't get the good accent, but no. like all these shows, I was watching that show Tyrant. That guy's from England. Everyone's like, it's yeah. like, wait a second, just hire damn American actors. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's Tyrant's like, you know, so good. If, I love if, Tyrant. Did you like? I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. I hope it gets picked up a second season. I was with the actor this weekend, uh, uh, birthday Don, Dante's birthday, uh, Bosco. Okay, so we went to Malibu, Cameron. That he plays the son of Jamal. Okay, on uh, wait, wait, he wait. was the one that got married. Okay, yeah, okay. I was with him this week. I'm like, man, the show. We were just sitting there talking about. It. He was like, yeah, we filmed in Morocco, we filmed in Israel. We're what in a Turkey job! For two months. I'm like, are you kidding? That's a dream job. Well, that's for me. It was like everyone said. I was like, I don't know if I should watch it. And that's one of the things I put on Facebook. So I watched Tyrant. Tyrant and everyone says, good. watch the first one. It's so intense, and it was. Yeah. And it, I hopefully it gets picked up because that's the worst. Like when they don't get picked up for the second season, it, and you go, it pulls everyone in, right? And then they disappear, oh, and you go, on. what the hell happened? Yeah, yeah. So now, now. Uh, you're also you're coming up on an NCIS Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Now, was that did you get that because of the first NCIS? The casting house knew me, the producers knew me, so it was like it was a good fit. And actually, tomorrow I'm uh, meeting the producers for NCIS New Orleans. Which did now does that actually shoot in New Orleans? I'm not sure where. I'm, but Scott Bakula. It might. It might. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where it shoots, but yeah, it's funny. Like you, you get in good with these, you know, these casting casting houses. And they like you, and they have other shows they do, and they have other, you know, you meet the producers, and you do a good job, you keep working. Now, as you're doing this, do you ever do any commercial auditions anymore? No? I still do. I'm more selective now with the commercials I do, and I might not make all of them, but I do I do, do some. Now, I know last week, you were shooting something last week. Or Revenge. Okay. ABC. Revenge. Wait, Revenge. Revenge. Okay, now you, was that your first time on that show? Yeah, I was a guest star one episode, and we'll see if you know they bring me back for anything else. Oh, because that show is huge. Yeah, that's another big, you know, big, big following. Like you look online, you look on Twitter. These guys like got millions of followers. Like this show is huge. My girlfriend loves it. Like I don't watch. I'm selective with, with the shows I watch because I just don't have a lot of time to really focus on. You know, I'll, I'll pick like three shows. I'll DVR six, and I'll get around to it. Right. You know what I mean? But between auditioning and class and work and studying i don't have time to watch so i that real selective but she's loves revenge so when i got the audition and it's it's i can't t you know tell too much about it but the storyline it's a game changer that's happening when i come in okay and i was reading you know with my girlfriend with the script and she was like wait i don't want to read anymore this is too you know i don't want to ruin it for when i'm watching it i'm like all right i guess i'll go read it by myself you know she doesn't want to see the storyline same thing with sons can't read with her you know my lines because oh, i don't want to know what happens right. i'm waiting to see it but yeah revenge is a big show and yeah i was glad to be a part of that it was good, good. Did you get to work with carrie washington i did not no did, was her husband on the set i didn't see him. Do you know who her husband is right no you know, Carrie, well, Carrie Washington is married to uh, Osmoga, uh, uh, the, the cornerback who played for the Eagles. Oh, no, uh, Revenge. You're thinking oh, of Scandal. I'm thinking of Scandal. Oh, Revenge. Okay, Revenge. I'm sorry. I got to mix up. Scandal's revenge. huge, too. Revenge. Revenge is like that soap opera. Yeah, it's like okay. a, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I was thinking. Okay, I was in there. So, yeah, uh, she's married to Namdi. Yeah, who, Namdi was, who, if you're an Eagles fan, you hated him because they yeah. ever paid him so much and he just got <laughs> burnt. And then he went to the Niners. Yeah. And the Niners like, we he don't want you. Around. We don't he want you. Stick around. And so now, and, uh, did you, were you working something for HBO, too, or no? I did. It was a show called Getting on okay. this is the second season coming back Alex Borges 
the producers and creators they did big love okay so yeah i'm playing an ortho, orthopedic surgeon yeah now are you getting different roles i mean because you, you get the agents you get the sheriff the military do you want to you want to transition to you know like the doc i mean what would be the perfect role what would like if someone said hey Monica, here's a perfect role. What, what, what would be the perfect role for you to play? If someone said you're gonna get, we're gonna build a series around you. Yeah. Here's your character. You can choose. What would the character be? Jason Bourne. Okay, so you want to be into the yeah action. You know that you know espionage. I love those roles. Those roles just fascinate me. And it's so much. There's so many places you can go. There's so much to do. There's you know it's. I'd love to be something like that. Now, what if someone gave you a sitcom? What would your role want to be? A sitcom. Uh, what, what would I be in a sitcom? I like Reno's role in Mike okay. and Molly. You know, the funny guys, you know, or like a, you know, like I, like, I love King of Queens when that was on. Like the cool black dude. All right. You know, like, yeah, something like that. We have a few minutes left. Uh, what else is coming up in your career? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, what's Mouthpiece? I see, what's Mouthpiece? Mouthpiece, it's me and my buddy, we, me, Jimmy Costas, and Dave Merritt. We, we well, Dave wrote it. It was like a, we were going to do a, a short film, and we ended up doing a feature. We just kept shooting. And it's, uh, it's pretty much, it's like, I'm going to describe it. It's like uh, Swingers meets Hangover. Okay. Yeah, and you, like you're working a, with good friends. Yeah, working with a group of buddies, and we just, we made it, and now we're shopping it around. Yeah. That's cool. And so the Sons of Anarchy is coming up, and then you're done shooting, that's all done for you shooting? Still going. It's still no, are, going. You, are you still going to be going back? Yeah. Okay. So what's that like, though? Like, you can't say anything. Like, is it, is it sit there, like, do people, you know, try to, like, say, they hey, will, tell me what's, what, come on, come on, and did you sign a non-disclosure? Yeah, y'all, definitely, especially with that show, too. Like, you can't, I'll be in Trader Joe's, and, these, like, all the guys that work at Trader Joe's are huge Suns fans. <clears throat> Excuse me, they're huge Suns fans. So I'm, you know, I'm walking around, they're trying to pick my brain. I'm like, I can't tell you that. That's well, funny. just at least, can you, is this going to happen? Or, like, eh, you know, you got to watch it, man. It's going to be intense. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Like, I got my diversion questions down. You know, like, it's going to be sick. You got to watch it, you know. So you got you to gotta have it all ready. Yeah, cause I, you can't say anything, but they try to, you know, they try to try to get you better watch it if you're out people are going to try to get you drunk and they'll right, sit there right. and go hey hey so, do another shot do it after hey hey right. i bought you some shots tell me you 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 can't tell me what happened right 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 no it's it's you get asked all the time about like what's going to happen I'm, do you really want me to tell you want me to ruin it for I know. you right it's now it's like why do people want it's like i don't it's like someone like it's when you go see a movie with some when you're watching a movie with someone and they go and if you've seen it and they know it and they go what happens? I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. you. Yeah, like, go. And then you, you, when I say, like, do you really want me to tell you? They're like, no, 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 don't tell me. I'm like, all right, there you go. Like, it makes sense. Okay, we have, like, two minutes left. Uh, uh, football. How are the Niners going to do this year? As a fan, are you looking, are you looking forward to we're it? We're going to go 10-6. and six. You think? I think we're going to win the division. I think Seattle's going to take a step back. I think we're going to get healthy and get going at the right time. Our guys are going to come back. Navarro Bowman's back, you know, after week six. I think we're going to get strong towards the end of the season. We might start off a little choppy. Now, do you go to any games? Do you get up there or no? I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go check out Levi Stadium at least twice. At least twice. I was, it's funny because we were going to see the Eagles play the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, we're flying out to uh, Arizona. And I was interested in going to the San Francisco. That's around Thanksgiving, I think. The 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 Eagles Card- the Car- Eagles Cardinals is the October twenty sixth. The Niners is uh, Niners is um, it's late November, isn't it? No, no. The Niners Eagles is like October fifth. October fifth, I think. But I, I'm saying this, this: the prices are going to be so high on those tickets because it's, it's a brand new stadium. Standing room is hundred dollar tickets. That's crazy. Yeah, the nosebleeds are like two fifty. That's crazy. I got yeah. Arizona. We got we got the third level. We got fifty five bucks. That's beautiful on StubHub. It was yeah, great. That's, and we that's got a hotel. How it should be. Yeah, we got we got a nice hotel. We have to get to the stadium, but the hotel was at like the the Hyatt whatever. It was uh, ninety bucks. Right. And we got round trip air for uh, one thirty round trip that's from Burbank. Beautiful. That's, so that's, that's really more good. than that. You know. It's less than the tickets are for Levi's. So do you have a website or anything? How can people find you? I'm on Twitter. Okay. I don't really, yeah. I just, now, do you tweet a lot? I'm a, I'm a tweeter. What did you tweet. Tw- how, how often do you tweet? Uh, when I'm working, I don't tweet as much okay. because I'm just, you know, you're busy. But when I got downtime, I, 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 I tweet pretty good. And what's your Twitter address? LaMonica Garrett, at okay. LaMonica Garrett. And that's two Ts. Yeah, two R's, two Ts. Yeah, see, a lot of people aren't sure about that sometimes. Yeah, and, and half the time I show up to set, that's the first that's, thing that's, that's funny. funny. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on. It was good, good to meet you. Yeah, I had fun. And good uh, it's good. Yeah, it's good luck with the Sons of Anarchy and have fun Saturday night. So people follow him on Twitter. He, uh, he has a lot. You have like 30,000, 35,000 yeah, Twitter. Yeah, he's got a there. lot. So follow him, please. And also uh, follow me on Twitter, at Cooper. 
Cooper Talk. I'm always writing stuff out there. I'm always writing some jokes. At Cooper Talk, follow me. Also, go to coopertalk.net. I have about 290 episodes up. You can hear a ton of episodes up there. Or if you have a, you know, if you have the uh, Android, you can go to the Google Play Store, type in Cooper Talk, and get the Cooper Talk app. All my episodes are there. If you have iTunes or Stitcher Radio, type in Cooper Talk, one word to search. It makes it a lot easier. You can listen that way. Also, uh, send me an email. Uh, I changed my email address. It used to be cooper at indy100.com, and now it's cooper at coopertalk.net. Also, just this week, I should be starting up on iHeartRadio, so check me out there. And yeah, so email me. Follow me on Twitter. That's all I ask. You know, I'm having great guests coming up in the next few months. Keep listening. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Lamonic on Twitter, because he tweets a lot, and I tweet a lot, so it's all good. Remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Remember, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You guys have a great, safe weekend, and I'll be talking to you next week.